All right, good morning. As you saw, I was just standing at the side here. So uh, I'm having to stand here because uh, starting about two hours later than I've been starting. And, and uh, normally I start around nine o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, but it's 11 o'clock now. And uh, as we know, this is the Venice restaurant and they have music playing. It's not open yet. It won't be open until four o'clock this afternoon, but they play this really loud music. So I apologize for the music, but there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to go stand out in the sun, and uh, I, apparently this is what it is. So I don't know what YouTube does about it, but uh, I can't get around, can't get around that uh, music. So, and I can't shut it off. <laughs> and uh, so I apologize if that's bothering you. But that's life on the street. We're not in a church building, because if this was a church building and that was playing, uh, I could see that uh, I would have to tell somebody to turn it off. But I can't do that because this is a public place. So we had a guy here just a few moments ago, and he was painting the Union Station behind the camera here. And then as I sh showed up here, there was probably, I don't know, 30 people, two dozen, something like that, whatever it was, I don't know, uh, 20. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a crowd, filled up this whole corner here of uh, tourists. Uh, they were, uh, there was a walking tour around Denver. There's a lot of historical sites in Denver, and there's a lot of people who hire themselves out uh, and they take people around town, showing them the sights of Denver. And that's what this man was doing. He was, and he just left as I was doing my pan and all that kind of stuff. So praise God, we're in, in Denver, and I'm gonna try to concentrate while this music is blaring in my ear. And uh, uh, I don't know what else I could do, because you can hear it across the street too. You can hear the oi over there too. You can hear it down the street. So you can hear it in all this corner here. But. Uh, so what I'm going to do after I finish this is I'm going to stand over there by that tree. There's a tree right on the curve uh, where the road is. And uh, because by the time I finish and the sun will come around, it's like supposed to be like 98 degrees, 97 degrees downtown with no wind. So it's going to be extremely hot, very, very hot. And uh, just like it was in Loveland yesterday. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can come together and pray. Uh, even though there's lots, lots of things going on around us, uh, People don't know what we're doing. They think I'm just talking. And, uh, but I'm talking to you, Lord, and uh, people are listening here. And uh, we're all praying together. We're all seeking your will, uh, seeking first the kingdom of God, not our kingdom, but your kingdom first. And uh, we want to do that kingdom, that work, rather than our own stuff first. We want to do your stuff first, Lord. But we need your help. Uh, we need to ask the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we do ask that you help us do the work of God, do the work of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever uh, without end. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, so we're going to do our uh, Sunday prayer letter. I'm going to wrap up uh, Friday and Saturday. I don't preach on Saturday. Saturday's my day off, my Sabbath rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. I started that the first Friday I came to Denver. I came to, uh, where am I from? Boulder. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. I have been yawning since uh, the 5. And uh, so Friday, uh, uh, anyways, yeah. Sunday prayer, let's just get back into here before I lose my train of thought again. Uh, the Greek, uh, the Greeks believed, that's actually 14, verse 1, and we're in the theme called signs, wonders, miracles, praise, worship. I hope this background's okay with this window here. I hope that's not too distracting, but... You know, a lot of people, you know, I, uh, I listened to uh, Loveland's Street Preach 
or a sermon, whatever, you know, message, uh, on my podcast service. Uh, I started putting that up there about a week ago, seven, eight days ago, something like that, a week ago, and uh, uh, has all the music. It has, uh, you know, my preaching, and uh, then in the description of the podcast is a uh, hot link to the uh, video. So if you don't want to listen to it, you can go over there and, and um, just watch it. But if you don't want to watch it, maybe I'll put a link in here or something like that where you can go to the podcast. I don't know. Uh, of course, if you do the podcast, none of those hours come onto YouTube. But I don't care. I just wanted to get my message out further. It was a, something the Lord gave me last week. And I thought, well, I can do that. Yeah, let me see it. So I had to look around. I had to do some my research. I, I didn't say, oh, I don't know how to do that, God. I've never done that. I don't know if it's not possible. I didn't say no to God. I said, okay, uh, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. So I did a lot of looking around. One of the beauties of YouTube nowadays is uh, it seems like everybody teaches you everything you need to know, <laughs> except the Word of God. Yeah, but they do that too. And uh, so I learned how to just take the audio with the music out of the video and then compress it somehow. I don't know how they do that. And then upload it to my podcasting server, which goes out to about, I don't know, 15 different, 20 different uh, podcasting services, you know, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, Google and Apple, and uh, Spotify. And it goes all over the place, lots of different podcasting apps, the most favorite ones. And I'm always trying to find other ones to submit my show to. And so far, uh, all, everyone's taken my show. And if you're trying to find out where the show is, it's called John Shuck is Touching People for Heaven. I didn't, I named it, I didn't, didn't know what to name it because so, they needed to have a name on the show. And I don't want to change the show now, this name, because it could mess things up. So uh, I think if you type in your search engine uh, for your podcast, Touching People for Heaven, maybe the podcast would show up. I don't know, because uh, a lot of people don't know how to spell my last name. It's a French spelling, C-C, like in Charlie, H-O, and then a Q-U-E, like Quebec, Canada, and a Chuck. That's how you pronounce it, it's French, Belgian. I'm first-born American here, first-born U.S., and uh, so I praise God for that. And uh, my, fam my family on my dad's side are all from Belgium and France. And uh, my mom's side, they're from <laughs> East Texas and <laughs> <in> Oklahoma. <laughs> and uh, uh, all right, let's get into the word here. And uh, we're going to go through uh, part six and part seven, Acts 14, 19 through 22, and 23 through 28 uh, right now. Uh, and I'm going to read it and talk as I go along, okay? <clears throat> all right, uh, verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch. Hang on a second, hang on a second. I'm gonna take these off, because I'm in the shade a little bit. It's kind of bright, but uh, I gotta read a lot, so it's hard to, those are prescription sunglasses. They're not for looks, they're prescription. So I can see, but, uh, all right. Man, is it hot. Whew. All right, verse 19 again. In the King James Bible, the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews, certain Jews, not every Jew, just certain ones. All right, got to get that. Sometimes I talk like uh, I'm talking about everybody. No, just certain churches, certain pieces of the body, certain parts of the body of Christ, things like that. Just certain ones, not everybody. Same way here, just certain. Certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, so he's very specific there, who persuaded the people. You have to get that, persuaded the people. They had to talk the people into this. They wouldn't have done that on their own. And see, that's what uh, political parties do. That's what uh, people in high places, they persuade the people. See, uh, even 
but you know, somebody that's down on the lower levels of life, they're not gonna persuade anybody. <laughs> you know, the persuasion always comes from the top down. It doesn't come from the bottom up. It just doesn't come that way. You need to have power and authority to persuade people. Otherwise, they just flip you off. Yeah, you shut up, get, get, get out of here. You know, I don't listen to you. But when you got somebody of power and authority, like a news network, you know, a news network that goes around the world, you think they're powerful and authority, and they persuade the people. And that's what happens around the world. We have news networks that persuade the people to think one way or another, all right? And uh, that's what happened here, persuading. They had power, persuade the people. That's why you have to stop your ears sometimes. You can't listen to a lot of things. Because if you think, well, I don't believe that, but if you listen to it long enough, uh, it's gonna persuade you. It's gonna taint your words. It's gonna change your thought pattern maybe. So you have to really be watchful and mindful of, uh, and boy, I got this, put earplugs in my ears so I can hear this music. But uh, persuade the people, all right? Who persuaded the people? And uh, here's what they persuaded them to do. Now, think about this. They persuaded the people to do something that on their own, they might not have done that. They might not have done that, but they did it anyways. And why? Uh, because they're overwhelmed. And a lot of times when somebody comes in your life and they have a devil, pretty big, high-ranking devil, uh, and they're speaking to you, uh, and you're not on guard, like I was on Wednesday, not on guard, because my guard was down. I'm in church. I, don't have, I, don't, I didn't have my armor on. I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't pray for the armor of God on me. Uh, I was open. I was before the Lord, praying. And then in comes the devil, all right, through with a person, you know. And that's why, the, that's why I fell, because, and I'll make, tell you something else about this. Uh, I'm going to warn a lot of people about ministry here. Uh, it's really important. Uh, if you do uh, certain work in the ministry that is very spiritual, let's say, and you deal with devils, and uh, uh, so I asked the Lord this morning, actually this morning on the floor in the kitchen, I was asking the Lord, what happened? He said, because I, I really feel like I messed up. And he said, uh, what happened was, John, he didn't use my name, he didn't use my name. He said, what happened was, is when I showed you the devil the very first time that you saw the person, you didn't deal with it. Oh, wow. And I thought back maybe two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, quite a few long, long time ago, the Lord showed me and I saw it. But I didn't tell anybody, I just kept to myself, didn't do a thing about it, but the Lord showed me. And I just kind of dismissed it. See, I was disobedient. Because when the Lord shows me to do something, I need to take care of it now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when I get around to it, because you're going to forget about it. Because the persuasion around you is going to say, hey, John, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. You don't have to deal with it. And you say, okay, I'm not going to deal with it. And you go on, and then you attack, attack, attack by the, by the person who has the devil, let's say, for example. This has happened several times, not just this person, but many times through all these years, right? Because I just didn't start this a couple days ago. And, uh, and this is something the Lord's brought to my attention many times. It's not the first time. It's been many times it's brought to my attention. And it's something I, because I don't want to bother people. That's kind of what I, I don't like to bother people. It's like, that's why I'm asking now. I hope this music isn't bothering me because it bothers me. It's not really bothering me. I could care less. But it bothers me because I'm thinking it may be bothering you. That's what bugs me. I don't want to bother people. I, I just want to, I just want to, you know, I don't mind being in people's face. I don't mean, I don't mind flying a banner. I don't mind doing a lot of things that some people think is too bold, but I do things boldly, but with respect. I don't know if you can think about that. Like there was a gentleman standing here and he was all done up and he was an artist 
And I made sure, is this gonna bother you? Because I'll move if it's gonna bother you. They said, no, it's okay. And then, uh, then I was doing the uh, scripture short and he started packing up and go, oh, I did bother him. And I made sure after the scripture short, I said, did this bother you? I didn't want to bother you. I, I would have gone around the corner. And said, oh no, you didn't. I don't, you didn't bother me, man. Have a great day. I thought, wow, okay. But I didn't want to bother him, you know? Because there's plenty of room for everybody. There's plenty of room for everybody. And, uh, uh, and that's why I didn't cast that devil out when the Lord first showed me, you know? And so that's why even on the street, you know, if I see a devil walking down the street with in somebody, I'll take authority over that devil. I don't still let him walk down because there might be a, not another believer who believes they can cast a devil out of somebody, and it's me. So God brought them by me, and so I'm going to take authority over that devil, you know? And uh, that's just me, though. I mean, I don't know a lot of people don't believe that, but that's okay, I guess. I don't know. I wish it wasn't that way. But a lot of people don't believe the whole Word of God, all the counsel of God, all the counsel of the Lord. They pick and choose, and I just fires me up when people pick and choose what they think they should believe. And you have to believe all the Word of God, not just bits and pieces, you know. But huge denominations are built on that, and it, uh, I'm trying to get people to stop that. You know, take all the counsel of the Lord. All the counsel of the Lord, right? All right, let's go back in the Bible here. Persuaded the people, having stoned Paul. So that's what they are persuading the people to do, to stone the guy, to stone him dead. I mean, something that people would normally not do in their normal life, you know? And uh, this is what happened. So that just kind of should wake everybody up to, to what's going on around you. Really, big deal. Man, it's bright, I got, maybe I should put my glasses back, I don't know. A stone Paul, and then uh, the people drew him out, dragged him out of town, dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Yeah, I mean, they hit him so hard, and that stony means they take a rock, and they pound the guy with rocks until he falls down. That's what they did with Stephen, right? Stephen was stoned to death. And what did Stephen say? Well, don't, leave this, don't lay this charge to him, something like that, right? Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm gonna go to heaven in just a moment, in just another second, because I see heaven open. You're getting ready for me, Lord, you know? And then as he was dying, he said, don't lay this charge to them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And he left. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 20. How be it, as the disciples stood round about him. <laughs> that kind of bugs me a little bit right there. They're standing around. How many people, you know, they, they're, they're sick or they're falling down on the ground. And everybody crowds around them. And there's no air. They're just like, they're suffocating with air. And, be, and the ambulance guy comes up and says, get back, everybody. Get back. Get back. Get back. Let the guy breathe. We need to, you know, <laughs> that's what happened here. Everybody crowds around staring at him. Doesn't say they laid hands on him, does it? No, it doesn't say. They just stood around him, you know. Were they praying? Doesn't say they were praying either. They're just gawking. Oh, man, we really stoned this guy to death, you know. I don't know. It's just, you know, maybe they uh, woke up and said, oh, why did I do that? What, what overcame me? What overcame them was a devil that persuaded these other people, these certain people, to do that evil act, right? We know it's an evil act because of John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what they did. So we know now that was a fruit of the devil, the thief, Satan. They didn't come to give life and life more abundantly, which is the fruit of Jesus. Yeah? So we know that it was the devil. It wasn't them. It was the devil that persuaded them to do that evil act. And they had their persuasion, the power of Satan, to convince the people, right? We see that. We see that all the time. We see it today. Evil people 
have power. Where does that power come from? From Satan. And Satan assigns a principality or power of darkness or wicked spirit or something like that to them. And that devil has spiritual power and gives that person power. All right? And people say, oh, I'm a Christian. I don't have any devils. Yeah, right. You know, that's the silly thing I ever heard in my life, but that's what a teaching is. So that devil is not in your spirit. Understand, you, you live in a body. So, but your body could have that devil and you need to cast that devil out. You know? It's not in your spirit. You know, if you were to die, the flesh goes back, and you go to heaven. You know, the devil stays here. You know? And I like to use the word devil because it's in the King James and it refers and points you back to this book and also tells you what it is. It is devil. Take the D off and it's evil. When you use some other word, you don't know if it's a good or is it bad. Let me tell you, people use that other word that people flow, throw it all over the place and people say, oh, I know what it means. Yeah, but you don't know what it really means, what the true meaning is. But the true meaning of devil is evil, evil, evil. That's it. But the other word has a good side and a bad side, and nobody knows the real truth and the beginning of that other word, but they throw it around like, it's, uh, like they know what they're talking about, and they don't. And there's going to be a day coming, I'm praying, because I'm seeing it happening, and God's not weakened anymore at people's foolishness, speaking foolish words, foolishness coming out of their mouth as a believer of God. Because all that foolishness is going to be judged. All those words are going to be judged. Because God calls them idle words. Because they have no value. No, no, no value. Remember, we're in grace. So, one time, they work. But there's a time coming that it's not going to work. Grace isn't forever. Right? Grace ends. Grace will end. All right, verse 20 again. How be it as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up. <laughs> he just got up. Angels of God moved him around. He says, get up, Paul. <laughs> Spirit of God lifted him up. <clears throat> he rose up and came into the city. I thought, wow. And he came back into the city. He didn't run the other way. He came back into the city. With where the people are that stoned him. <laughs> about that? Came back in the city. And uh, must have took a break. because, And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Yeah. They only stoned Paul, why didn't they stone Barnabas? They? Apparently not. Maybe he did, I don't know. Verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel, they preached the gospel. When they had preached the gospel, think about that. When they preached the gospel, did they preach good news? That's another thing that fires me up. Good news, you know. Let's tell the people the good news. What does that say? It's a nice day today. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, in America, I can preach on the street. That's good news. That's good news. But if I say, let's go uh, tell the people the gospel, immediately know what that is. God's word. See? See how people, they use words that don't point back to the Bible. It points to something else. And then people have to think, well, what is that? What are they referring to? Then they got have to come up with all these calculations. Well, see, that's a Christian, so he must be talking about the Bible. Or if he's not a Christian, oh, he must be talking about the weather. You see, the division. See, when you say good news, when it's out in here, you say good news, uh, it actually causes division. You know? I mean, people don't get that. They think I'm silly. But what I'm trying to do is be exact and precise with the Word of God. Right? I want to walk in the Word of God. And if, and if, there's, if I, I'm not saying words that, uh, and uh, kind of describing things that are not in the Bible, I know we all say things sometimes that, uh, you know, we can't find the Bible, you know. 
but uh, uh, but you really want to kind of keep adding words and changing words of our vocabulary to match the Word of God. When I say the Word of God, I'm referring to the King James Bible. I'm not referring to the English Standard Version. I'm not re referring to the Revised Version. I'm not referring to the New International Version. I'm not referring to the New American Bible, uh, New American Standard, whatever. Some, I mean, there's gobs of them. I'm only referring to one single book. Bible means book. One book, not 15 different books. Now, it could be 15 different books with 15 languages, right? 15 languages, but all the same text. See? See? All right? There's a, there's a, there's a lot of reason why, but a lot of people you know, just got to stay around. Right? Verse 21, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium, and to Antioch, all right? Well, they kept traveling, man. They would preach, get in trouble, get cleaned up, preach the gospel. Nook City, you know, last, yesterday, I'm, I was in another city. I was in Loveland. Today, I'm in another city, you know? On Sunday, I'll be in another city, Boulder, you know? And, uh, you know, 16 cities. You know, this month, September, today's September 1, you know, I'm gonna be in Love, Vail, Vail, Colorado. Vail. I'll be in uh, Colorado Springs this month and a bunch of other cities, you know, so I'm traveling and uh, uh, praise God and preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. I'm not just here to go to the ball game, you know, a lot of people come to Denver to go skiing. I don't come to Denver to go skiing. I come to Denver to preach the gospel, right? I'm going to lift my banner just a little bit and it's really fantastic. This is a good location here because that door right over there inside the, to the Union Station is the door everybody, you know, people come out and they come out of the airport. They come out of the airport, they take the train. Those who take the train, they're coming into Denver, they come right through that door. So about every 45 or 50 minutes, something like that, within the hour, uh, all these people come out from the train and a lot of people go that way. <laughs> it's really cool. And uh, I, I get to welcome them with the banner that says Jesus Christ uh, to Denver. <laughs> so when they walk out, the first thing they see is Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had a guy uh, here several months ago. Uh, he just flew in from China. China? Yeah, I think he said China. Just flew in. Straight, nonstop flight to Denver. I think it was China. Could have been Japan, but I think it was China. And uh, Beijing, I think he said. I can't remember. But it was an Asian man. And... Uh, uh, he just flew nonstop to Denver, got off the plane, took the train right into Union Station here, walked out the door and saw my sign. I was a, he said, and he just stood there. I was watching him standing at me and I thought, oh, and he started marching over here. I thought, oh my goodness, here we go. What are we going to, what's going on now? Because I looked like he had, he had a purpose in his step. And I go, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? So he came over and he just lifted his hands, praise Jesus. I just got... To Denver. I just got just landed in the United States from China and uh, you're the first thing I saw when I walked through the doors first thing I saw I saw Jesus and I love Jesus <laughs> and I said well welcome to America you know and I thought wow what a great timing that was at the Lord I mean maybe he was praying he said Lord I need confirmation that when I go to America and do what you want me to do there that you'll give me some kind of confirmation and he was looking and praying for confirmation. He walks through the door. Now, I don't know if he said that or not, but he walked through the door and that's the first thing he saw. He just got so excited. He took a bunch of pictures of me. <laughs> it was really crazy, really crazy. I loved it, man. 
How about that, right? You know, how about that? I mean, people say, oh, these banners don't do any good. That banner touched China that day. If that's the country it's from, China, Korea. I met a lady from South Korea. Yeah, she was on the channel here, South Korea. She just came in not too long ago. Had a hard time speaking English. Didn't drive. And uh, met several Japanese uh, men and women. And, uh, and uh, isn't that amazing? The banner reached all the way to China. How about that? Via technology, because he took a lot of pictures and some video. I thought that was amazing. And you say, oh, the video does no good. It doesn't do anything. Look, it did over there. It did that day. It did that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not my, it's not, nothing about me. Please don't think, I, oh, I'm doing something special. I'm doing nothing. I'm just working. I'm just a laborer in the field. Just, that's all I'm doing. I'm sweating now. I'm hot. I'm uncomfortable. And, uh, and that, but I'm laboring in God's harvest. Amen? All right, so here we go. Um, he, uh, again, in Delystra, in the Iconium and Antioch, verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples. That's good. Confirming the souls. You're confirmed. All right. And exhorting them to continue in the faith. Keep going, man. Just because I got stoned, because a lot of persecution, just keep keep on trucking, man. Keep on trucking. Sometimes you got to slow down in the truck. You know, we would slow down when things are getting kind of bad, but we hurry where we can. You know, there's an open road, no cops around, things. I mean, I don't speed. I just go right up to the speed limit, plus five, you know. Uh, you know. So, like, California and Oregon, it's the five-five, double nickel, five-five, plus five. So, it's the double nickel plus five until you get to, to Washington State. Then you can pump it up to 60 plus a nickel. And uh, that's, you know, but if you go too much further, because of seven, you get a ticket. You can go six, but it's easier to push the seven. But if you're at five, cops won't bother you. You know, so uh, I would set the cruise at 60 miles an hour through California and Oregon and uh, truck north, 60 miles an hour. As soon as I get to Washington, it goes up to 65. And I keep on going all the way to Seattle because I ran from Reading to Seattle twice a week for uh, 20 plus years. <laughs> a lot of hundreds and hundreds of trips. And uh, so you hurry where you can, you slow down where you have to, <clears throat> but you're always looking to keep on moving. You keep on moving. So you got to make your load on time. You got to make your delivery on time. And what we deliver as ministers is the Word of God. We are fully loaded with the Word of God, and we're going to obey the laws of the Lamb, and we're going to keep on trucking with a full load, and we're going to deliver our goods, our freight, on time at the customer when they're expecting me to deliver. And when I, when I check in, when we check in with that person, uh, they say you're right on time, back into door four, back into door three, or whatever the case may be. And you're back in, and they begin unloading the freight, you know, because you're on time. So they have a door reserved and waiting for you. Not all the time, believe me. <laughs> but you're hoping it is, <laughs> you know. And uh, sometimes there's a little bit of a wait. But sometimes you do have to wait. What do you do? Moan and grape and complain. I got here on time. How come there's no space for me? You know, I pushed and pushed and pushed to get here on time, but there's no space. Well, things happen. I mean, sometimes there was other wrecks ahead, and other trucks got delayed. Other other ministers got delayed in delivering the freight. And, uh, but now they're delivering, and you just happen to be behind them because they need that freight delivered now, not, not after your freight. As you know, we're produce, so produce is a, a, you know, you have to really deliver it same day. Once it comes off the truck, it has to go to the uh, stores and the restaurants immediately. Can't sit in the warehouse. Uh, you know, some does, but most of them don't. And uh, uh, that's like ministers. You know, sometimes the minister got held up, and so, but when he gets there, he makes his delivery. He makes his ministry. So like, for example, this gentleman here, he got to the, this area before I did, and uh, he had 
a message to deliver. You know, here's an artist doing his delivery, and I was trying to go around the corner here and make my delivery. But now I'm delivering this. Now I had to wait a little bit. And that's okay. If we have to wait, we have to wait. You know, just relax, relax, just relax, chill out. <laughs> you know, all right? Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorted them to continue in the faith. Continue. And they, and that, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. Through much tribulation, enter in the kingdom of God. Much tribulation. Uh, and here, and here where it says tribulation, it could point back into the three and a half years, the seven years that are cut down to three, but oftentimes this word tribulation in this con kind of context is just all the persecution, the struggle, and the problems, and all the opposition from the deceiver. All right? Uh, that becomes great tribulation in a believer's life. And that's the idea and the job of the tribulation is to get you to say no to God. That's what their job is. They want you to get say no to Jesus and renounce your faith, renounce your love for Christ, and turn to Satan. That's what they're trying to do, okay? Verse 23, and when they had ordained them, elders in every church, he was setting up leadership in all the churches, ordaining elders. Elders is a leader of a church, so he was setting up all these different leaders because he's not gonna come back for a while, let's say. And uh, he started the church, gathered the people, put in elders in the church, confirmed all the souls, baptized, got them all filled with the Holy Ghost, taught them how to preach the Word of God, and uh, began sending them letters as he was writing it out. And uh, he would distribute the letters. These letters right here, for example, maybe not this one here because Luke wrote this one, but uh, distribute all of his material throughout all of, uh, of the churches. And uh, every church, more than one church. So lots of churches. Each church is like a member. Within that member are many cells. Okay, a lot of cells make up a church, a member, and there are many members in the body of Christ. Okay, and the body of Christ makes up the one church, the one true church, the one true religion, right? Jesus Christ. But inside that are many members. So when people say, oh, there shouldn't be all these churches. Yeah, there should be. <laughs> you know, <laughs> are we all a thumb? Are we all a left ear? Are we all a big toe? No, we're all different members, all inside one church, one big church. And that church is Jesus, right? So we're building a church in Boulder and across the state of Colorado, we're building a church and that church is Gospel of Manchester. But it's just one of many, you know? I'm not telling others to close your doors, come over here. No, leave your doors open. We're trying to pray for other churches. We were praying for churches up there in Loveland. We were asking Lord to bless pastors all around. We were trying to, you know, we were trying to affect in a good way, by the Word of God, churches all over Loveland, you know? Because we want people to, to see us on the street and to get encouraged and then tell their friends or family or whoever, or neighbors, co-workers about Jesus and bring them to their church, not to our church, to their church. So we're building all the churches with our banner and our preaching and our ministry and our traveling, our podcasting, our, our letters, our, our uh, what is this we're doing in the mornings, our classes in the morning. That's for everybody. It's not for our church. It's for everybody. You know, that's what the call of this church is all about, you know. One of the callings of our church is if, you know, Gospel Evangelist is, it's not, we're, on, we're not on an agenda. If you want to come to church and you only need five minutes of the Lord, you come for five minutes. After the five minutes, then leave. Be with the, be with the Lord, man. Yeah. If you want to stay the whole service, you stay the whole service. If you want to come for the very end, come for the very end. Everybody knows that. You know, everybody, like, you know, every Wednesday we have that. Pretty much, maybe not. 
But uh, people come and go when they have need. They all have, you know, that's, that's our church. Not your church, our church. That's our member, that's our body. We allow space for people to come and go. Like when we start our Sunday service, you know, we're gonna start with a big event. We already know that, big event. What that looks like, what it sounds like, I have no idea. I just know it's gonna be an event. It's not gonna just be a regular Sunday service we're gonna start. It's gonna be a, an event, <laughs> whatever that means. But that event is gonna be from nine in the morning to nine at night, 12 hours. Who's gonna sit around for 12 hours? Well, some people will. People are so hungry, they'll be there for 12 hours. We got food in the middle. Uh, we're gonna serve and you know, cater in the middle there so people don't have to leave. If they don't wanna leave, they can stay. And we got food for everybody, you know. So we'll have catering coming in, and uh, uh, and uh, there'll be early prayer. So they'll probably be praying uh, seven or eight in the morning. Service to start at nine, whatever the kind of service that is, and then we'll go on through till we break for break for bread, and then after we broke for bread, uh, we keep on going all the way to nine o'clock at night. And if people want to stay longer, we'll stay longer, you know. And uh, maybe there'll be prayer after nine o'clock because sometimes the meeting after the meeting after the meeting after the meeting is the best one, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, but you don't have to come for all that time. Maybe if you're just hungry, just come for the break in the middle, the food, and leave. It's okay, you know. But you want to come for the 9 o'clock, 9 to 9.15, fine. You know, everybody knows that. That's why the culture or the framework of thinking in everyone's mind is that people come as the Lord leads and people leave as the Lord leads. The Holy Ghost is leading this church, you know. And uh, I just want to speak that out because a lot of people don't understand a lot of things, what, what's going on. And I'm uh, trying to be as vocal and open to everything that's going on. Man, it's so hot. Whew. And that music is so loud. Anyway, let's keep going here. Let's finish up. Every church, uh, okay, let me go back here. Uh, kingdom, um, where am I at? And when they ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, uh, they, can, uh, they, what they do? They commended them to the Lord. Lord, we commend them to the Lord. There you are, Lord. There's your church. We did what you wanted us to do, it's yours. And we'll just keep praying. We'll keep standing in the gap for the church, Lord. And uh, we keep praying that they, uh, uh, they they maintain their faith, they keep in the faith, right? They don't listen to all the persuasion from the doubters and the unbelievers, the Antichrist, right? Let them stop their ears to that junk, all right? And, uh, all right? and uh, when they ordained the elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, every church and had prayed with fasting how about that prayed with fasting isn't that cool uh they commended them to the lord and whom on whom they believed who did they believe on did they believe on paul they were trying to make they tried to believe on paul and barnabas and make them gods right we read the rest of the story here and but that changed they persuaded them not to do that or they you know, restrained them from doing that and uh but the people believed on the lord jesus christ they were born again they were saved and uh, I'm sure, because Paul was here, that they're all baptized with the Holy Ghost. And uh, all that baptism in the water. It was really great, really great. Started worshiping the Lord. Started growing as a body of Christ. A member of the body of Christ, right? Verse 24. And after they had passed through out Pisidia, or whatever that's called, they came to Pamphylia. Verse 25, and when they had preached the word, preached the word, the word of God, that's the gospel, right? Preach the word, the word goes back to gospel. You preach the gospel, means to preach the word. 
God, gospel is God's word. God's word. Spell is Anglo-Saxon for the word word. Spell used to be the word with word. Praise God. Okay. See, they're just coming out to you. All these people are coming out of the airport, you know, and uh, the Holy Ghost meets them and convicts them. <laughs> a lot of them are coming here to sin. How about that? You know. <clears throat> They thought, well, I'm going to leave my hometown, leave my church to come over to Denver go sinning. I'm going to go do some drugs and stuff. You think God, you, let, you think you let God behind you, huh? Yeah, well, God's, <laughs> yeah, probably is behind you. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Verse 25. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Ant, and at, at, Tilia, Atilia, or however that's pronounced. Verse 26. And thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God, recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfill. So the grace of God uh, recommended, so I want you to go over there. That's recommended. I recommend that you go over there and preach the word over there by the grace of God. All right, for the work which they fulfill, which they fulfill. So you fulfill your work in the grace of God. Uh, you need the grace of God to fulfill your work. And that's why grace has been perverted by Satan in some churches. Uh, it's called, uh, what is it called? They call it uh, ultra grace or hyper grace. Yeah, that's what they call it. Hyper grace, which is not right. It's, it's ungodly. So they took grace that's in the word and they expanded it. For example, uh, I heard one preacher say, grace is the mother of God. That's, that's not true, see? But thousands and thousands, probably a few million people listen to that guy, you know? And that's what he believes because he went too far in teaching grace. So he's into hyper grace, see? It's just, you have to watch it. You have to really stay in the Word of God. He even rewrites the Bible. I saw that. I said, why are you rewriting the Bible as you, as you, because uh, he puts the Bible verses up on the screen, okay? So what I do is I stop the video, because I'm always looking around, and I try to find what Bible they're reading out of. And uh, I couldn't find it. I mean, I did search and search and search, and I kept looking, I said, Lord Spirit, what Bible uh, version uh, are they, does he have on screen there? And I thought, oh, I see. It looks like King James, King James, and then he just changes whatever he doesn't like. Oh, wow. Wow, that's interesting. He just changes what he doesn't like. You know, it's, it's him, and, him, him and God, man. You can't mess around with God's grace. God's grace is very, very, very important. Without grace, we can't be saved. So you can't mess around with God's grace. That, that element of grace uh, overtook law. See, before the grace was the law. And uh, you have to really watch about grace. Anyways, uh, there were some churches in Tulsa when I was there. They took grace too far, you know. Anyways, it's another story. I'm going to go there anymore. Grace, uh, the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. Verse 27. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith into the Gentiles. Door of faith. Okay, I want to kind of talk just briefly on the door of faith. I'm going to title this sermon, The Door of Faith. A Door of Faith. Now let's go to Revelation 3, 7. Revelation 3, uh, real quick. Revelation 3. I'm going to just highlight these real quick. I'm not going to teach you. I just want to bring them to your attention. Uh, Revelation 3, uh, 7. Oh, I mean, wrong book. <laughs> Revelation 3, 
Seven. And he open and he that openeth, and no man shall. Okay, let me read up here, verse seven. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things which saith he that is holy, and he that is true, he that hath the key of David. That's Jesus, right? The Lord God, the Word of God. He that openeth, and no man can shutteth, and shutteth, no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Right? Get that? That's Revelation 3, 7 and 8, really important. And then let's go to John 10, uh, verse 2. John, verse 10. John uh, 10, verse 2. This is all about the door of faith that God opened to the Gentiles. Uh, I'm just kind of highlight the word door and faith a little bit, kind of bringing a little more light to it. Verse 10, uh, John 10. Am I in the right place? Don't know that. No, wasn't, sorry. Uh, verse, where am I at? 7. Let's go to 7. John chapter 10, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them, unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. I am the door. That's what Jesus said. I am the door. One door, not doors, not plural. There's not many, many, many doors. It's one door, one single door, narrow path. Easy to walk through that door, though. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. He said, tells it twice. Mouth out of, you know, two, two things created establishment. So he is established that he is the door. Jesus Christ is the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Right? So you enter that door, shall be saved. That's why he opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. If you go through that door, by faith, by faith, it says here that any man enter in, he shall be saved. And go in and out and find pasture. That points back to Psalm 23. Right? And then let's go over to uh, uh, Romans uh, 3.28. Romans 3.28. Romans 3.28. Romans 3.28 here. 3.28. Romans 3.28, therefore, we conclude, <laughs> let's conclude this message now, we conclude that a man, that's mankind, not a male genital organ is referring to, that's mankind. And it's not that other ungodly word that people use. It's in Bibles too. People don't know what that means. They just say it like everybody else says it. I can say it too. So they don't know what that other word for mankind is that everybody uses. They think of everybody uses it, it's okay. It's not okay. Because you don't know the root of that word. And when you say that word, you're actually speaking the root, right? We know that, you know, it's just really important, man. But people just quote things and say things. They have no idea what they're saying. And they can't figure out why some things go wrong in their life and why they're struggling. I mean, tell you, God is kind of turning the screws up. You know, he's getting a little tighter, a little things are happening in the body of Christ around the world. We know that. That's why I have all these preachers saying, oh, God's coming back tomorrow morning. You know, you see that. You know, they even got, I saw that this morning. I just happened to look, glance over somebody's uh, YouTube feed, and it said they have it all planned out. The feast's all planned out, and they know exactly when Jesus is going to return based on all the feasts. And I go, oh, man, here we go again. No man shall know the hour of the day. I mean, the Son of Man doesn't know the hour of the day, but this guy, this preacher here knows. You know, I go, I mean, how silly can people be? And, they, and I looked how many people are watching. 880,000 people are watching that channel. 
had views of that sermon, 880,000. Wow. I said, my, I don't know how many subscribers yet, but that one channel, that one video that this preacher did that said, uh, uh, because of all the sea, all the feasts that I know in Jerusalem, uh, I, I know exactly when the Lord's coming back based on these Hebrew feasts. And uh, 880,000 people have viewed that video. When the Bible says that no man knows the hour of the day, but he knows it. He says, I know the day and I know exactly when he's coming back. Get ready. You know, I mean, we know things are going bad. We know we need to be ready. That's, I'm not talking about getting ready. That is, we need is important. That's Bible. You know, be ready. Be watching. Hour, the, uh, the Lord comes back in an hour. You think not. Comes back like a thief in the night. You know, when you're not watching, you got your back turned, he's going to come, I guess. You know, so we got to always be watching, always be looking. But we're not, we're not always telling you when he's coming. It's just really a big deal. But know that he could come today. Here in Denver, right now, I could, poof, he's, he's, you know, come on up here, John. You know, whatever. You know, and we all fly away. I don't know. It's like Noah, you know. Come on in here, Noah. Bring your wife and your kids, you know. Your wives, you know, your, your kids and their wives. You know, come on in the ark. And God shut the door, right? But when God shuts the door, Noah can't open it. Once God shuts the door, no man's going to open it. So it says right here, therefore conclude that a man is justified by faith. The door of faith, that faith, that door right there, you become justified with the great judge. That's the only way that you're going to get to heaven. There's no other way. There's no other work. There's no other deed. There's no other mantra. There's no other prayer. There's no other church. There's no other religion. There is nothing but Jesus Christ. And if you don't go through the door of faith of Jesus Christ, you will go to hell and you will sit there and burn with everlasting fire until the judgment. And then you're going to find that you rejected Christ. You'll find that you're naked and poor and destitute and you're going to the lake of fire for eternal damnation. Period. End of your story. Never think about you again. How about that? That's where my dad is going. My earthly dad is going there because he rejected Christ all the years I kept preaching to him. All the years, all the years. And he ordered me never come in this house and say that word again. If you say that word again, you'll never enter my house. And he died that way. And he knows all about God. He knows all about Jesus. And he went to hell. And that's where he's at now. And you know what some believers say? Oh, but John, you never know what, you never know, I know. You think I'm stupid? I mean, people think I'm an ignorant guy, an ignorant preacher. I mean, it just fires me up. But they know everything, and I don't, I don't know anything, right? Bible says if you pray to God, you pray to God by faith, God will answer you. If you ask for bread, he'll give you, he's not going to give you a scorpion. You ask for, you know, a, a sandwich, he's not going to give you a snake. You ask for, where's my dad? Where's my dad, Lord? Where did my dad end up when he died? You ask by faith, he's going to tell you. Where did, my, where did my mother go? Where did, you know, I asked my mom my, about my mom the same way. You ask in faith, he's going to tell you, man. And then when you have some believers that try to persuade you that you don't know what you're talking about, I just say, just leave. Get away from me. And then they start bad-mouthing me and says, oh, John's got a bad heart or John's got a bad brain or, or he's our cult leader. That's the, that's the thing that happened about two years ago. I had a one or two Christians, three Christians, started labeling me as a, a cult leader. I was a cult leader building a cult church. 
because I didn't. They they don't agree with everything in the Word of God. How about that, I'm hot on that topic. Don't mean to keep going on here, but the door of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Without the deeds of the law. If you think you're doing deeds of the law to get saved, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Sorry. And you, you find another believer who thinks that they're just doing the deeds and the work and they're doing all those things. They're, all, they're a good, good, good person. They're doing all kinds of great things. They're not going to get there. Sorry. They're not going to get to heaven. You know? I don't care how good they are. I don't care how much money they gave to charities and how wonderful they are and how friendly they are and how nice they are to every single person. And they're just wonderful. How could God ever send them to hell? Because there's nobody good enough. None good. None. Not even one person. Not one. Of all of mankind that's ever been born, there's not one single person, not even Adam or Eve, was good enough. Yeah, how about that? And you're saying they're good enough, right? You know, guy walks by with a big snug on his face, he thinks he's good enough. He's going to get a rude awakening one day, right? I can't do anything about that. That's his decision, you know? He knows what I'm doing. That's why he gave me a dirty look and kind of flipped his nose up at me when I was talking just now as he walked by. Flipped his nose up and turned around. Like he knew what he's talking about. He knew, you know. He did that because he knows what we're doing here. He can hear my. You he can hear me across the street. I'm talking kind of loud. Bounces off all these walls here. I'm just hot on that because too many believers are so scared to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Why? When you know they're going to hell that burns forever without fire. I mean, that's why I just can't stand when people take the word hell out of the Bible and put the word Hades. Or what is that? Sheol. And then they give me some definition. Oh, that means this, that means this. It doesn't mean anything to most people. Because no one's going to use the word, oh, Sheol. Oh, Sheol. You know, as a cuss word. Or Hades to you. No, they say, go to hell. You know, that's what they say. They know exactly what hell means. But when you use some other word that's in your Bible, nobody knows what you're talking about, man. That's why it just fires me up when people read ungodly, corrupt Bibles. You know? Because they don't know what you're talking about. There's no conviction that comes in them. That conviction doesn't come by the words of your mouth. It comes by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is not going to convict people if you're using words that God won't use to convict people. I'm just saying it like it is, man. I'll, I'll, I speak the truth. A lot of people don't like this. And I'm talking loud because it's, you know, I'm outside and it's noisy. It's hard for me to hear when I'm talking like this. But go tell somebody. You know, I wanted to stay home today. I'm, that's why I'm an hour behind schedule. I had to put it on my calendar. I'm an hour behind. I'll be here at 11 o'clock. Got here like a 10.58 or 10.55 or something like that, you know. Because I'm tired, you know. But I'm going to go tell people about Jesus Christ, even though I'm tired. You know, I've been up every morning about 5, 5.30 every morning doing, doing all that kind of work. You know, big deal. So what? Everybody works. Everybody's doing something. We're all tired. So if you're tired... And now using that as an excuse, well, when I get rested, then I'll tell somebody about my Savior and my Lord. Or I gotta read, I gotta read what John preached today. And then when I read all these verses and got them memorized, then I can quote them verbatim, then I'll go tell somebody. Look, if you wait, it'll never happen. You just gotta go now. That's why I tell people, when you get saved, you know, grab Revelation 12:11 and start preaching. Grab Revelation 12:11. that's your text. Revelation 12, 11, and then start telling people about Jesus. And just read it out, take your Bible with you, and just quote that verse. In fact, I'll go to it right now, give you an example. You know? Revelation 12, so excuse me, is my best friend, we're at coffee, and I'm gonna tell my, this is, I just wanna read this to you. 
and talk about it. See what you think about it. I'm gonna tell you, I gotta tell you my story. You don't mind if I tell you my story. I want, that's why I'm buying you coffee, so you listen to my story. But I wanna start here at this, this uh, uh, reading here, this reading here in this book. It says right here, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. It says here to give your testimony. So I want to tell you my story, my testimony, my story. And you tell your story. You tell your story. What happened to you when you received Jesus Christ? You can tell them how you were a sinner, now you're saved, now I'm telling you about Jesus. You know, past, present, and future. Right there at the coffee table, at the restaurant. You know, you're not yelling at them, you're just talking. Got your Bible open, they agreed to meet with you. That's your text. And you just tell your story. And then you see where the, see what happens. That's it. Don't coerce them. Don't persuade them. Don't force them to say, now pray after me these words. That's works, man. That's, you, that doesn't, that's not faith. That's works. That's deeds. That's deeds of the law. Say these words after me. Blah, 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 blah. Now you're saved. There you go. You're saved. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. A lot of preachers do that. And if you're called to do that, then that's different. But if God told you to do that, then you better go be doing that. But God didn't tell me to do that. I, I make people pray their own prayer. You pray your prayer. Here's what I prayed. I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. That's what I said. But that's not what you have to say, right? And that's your verse. And you just tell him. And if the Holy Spirit moves on him and convicts him or her, and, uh, you know, and, you know, you can kind of, kind of go with the Spirit, kind of, be alert to what the Spirit's going on in the soul, because you're speaking to the soul. You're speaking to their soul. You're not speaking to their brain. Because the moment you start speaking to their brain, you'll get into a debate. And then you'll have to start arguing with them. And then you'll just back and forth. And everybody around you that knows what you're doing, and now everyone's around you saying, see, that's why I don't want to be a Christian. They're so two-faced. They're so uh, uppity-uppity. They think they know it all. I don't want to be a Christian. But if you're, if you're gentle, you're loving, and you're kind at the coffee house, and you just, you know, let him be what, you know, it's his decision, not yours, to receive Christ. Your job is to deliver the word of God. Paul preached the gospel. That's it. If they want to believe, fine. If they don't want to believe, fine. But you preach the gospel. So when you're in that coffee shop, you do that. You know, you can use that. And I'm from Nevada, so I say, let the chips fall where they may. You know, the poker chips or the you know, roulette table. You know, where are the chips fall? That's what, you know, whatever happens, whatever happens. And then you should be, you should be happy inside of you, right? And I got a bunch of yelling over there. Anyway, so that's your text right there. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we have a text to go to. We have a testimony that we're saved. Uh, we have everything we need to go tell somebody uh, what happened to us. Uh, we can tell them the wonderful works of God in our life. And we just give you all the glory, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the power to go out and witness and testify of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if they want, don't want to believe, fine. If they want to believe, we'll help them out. We'll, play, we'll pray with them or do whatever they ask us to do uh, because you'll give us the tools and whatever we need to know to uh, help them uh, come along and come into the kingdom of God. We'll help them along uh, because we have the helper, the comforter, Jesus, uh, the, uh, the Son of God, the Holy Ghost, sorry. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't like using the word helper, Lord, because that word helper uh, kind of confuses me because that's not in the text. Uh, but it's the comforter, not helper. Comforter, comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord.
In your name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. Uh, I hope this isn't too long. It probably is. Uh, <laughs> if you need anything from me, please get a hold of me. I mean, you know, my, uh, if you go to the video, if you're on the video now, uh, just click the description box. And in that description box below every single video is all my information, all my contact information, everything that you need to get in touch with me is right there. It's always there on every single video. I'm fully transparent on everything I'm doing. I'm not hidden anywhere. I'm not hiding someplace. I'm fully in the open all the time. And I am available to everybody. I can't always talk to everybody because I have a, I'm so busy, but things get, get done, okay? And so we got a lot of problems over there. Anyways, uh, God bless you, man. I love you very much. Truly, I do. Bye-bye.